You are now listening to Awaken You with Shelley Bond. Welcome to my show where we explore ourselves. We talk about growth, healing, breath, life, yoga, failures and successes, intuition, inspiration, fears, manifestation, books, writing, motivation, food, parenting, inner child work, mindfulness. What are your thoughts? My love for healing with energy work, learning how to love myself, forgive myself, and know my own self-worth. I have a deep well inside to hold space and connect with women. And I have learned that awakening is for us all, especially for those of us who think that it's not. Waking up to our life's flaws and all is possible because, my friends, life is a practice. It's not a perfect Welcome back, my lovely sisters, to a brand new episode. Uh, Another week has came and gone, and it's almost like a blur that it's already Thursday, because it just is one of those weeks. A few nights ago, my son Milo woke up at like 11 o'clock at night with excruciating abdominal pain. And just that day, we had met my sister down in the valley to pick up my nephews for a sleepover because my nephew's 11th birthday is coming up. I can't believe all of these babies are getting older and older and it's quite crazy. And so Milo comes in my room with just like, just like heaving in pain. And I just know, you know how you just know your kids and the things that they're doing. So immediately I run to the kitchen and I get a big old mixing bowl, you know, like a vomit bowl. I have found a bowl is much better than a trash can. Because the trash can inevitably smells like trash. And right, it's the middle of the night. And it was just not that great. And my husband, he just doesn't do well with things like that. He doesn't do well with... He's a really good, like, active, go-getter dad. But when things are going south, he doesn't really quite know how to respond. And... He had just fallen asleep and Milo comes in and he's just like heaving in pain and just like, oh, my stomach. (laughs) And he's crying and bawling. And Milo is not really a complainer. He's really like me in that compartment or no department. Compartment would be something different where he's just he just toughs it out. But I knew he was in pain and Rex is just like, what's going on? Are you okay, Milo? What do you need? Even though like you ask him for something, he doesn't know how to respond. The best thing that he can do is leave the room and just go, go in the living room. And he goes out there, Rex does his thing. And sure enough, freaking Milo pukes, which actually he did puke. He told me that he threw up all over his bed. And luckily, I did not let a cousin sleep in his bed because I always do. But these boys are getting big. Like Milo comes up to my eyes and I'm five foot nine. So what that would make him about five foot six or five. He's very tall. He has a full size bunk bed, not a bunk bed. It's like a tall, I don't know, what would you call it? Like a platform. It's not a platform bed, a loft bed. That's the right terminology. And he has a desk that he likes to do his schoolwork and an awesome bookshelf underneath. So there was no cousins in his bed. And I was just thinking, oh shit, there's puke everywhere. I'm so tired. It's fine. Just go do it. And I go in the room with my phone and I'm trying to be quiet because there's three other boys sleeping. Jack, my two nephews and a dog and they're sleeping. And I accidentally wake up one of my nephews and I'm up there. And luckily it was the smallest little chunky puke, which is gross, but 
it was only like two inches by two inches. And I was like, yes. And so I, I got the blankets and wadded them up and took the bottom blanket off. And then I get that and I go into the laundry room where thank you to the speed queen washer and dryer that save our asses all the time. And I set it on like a sanitary hefty duty like pre-washing, extra soak, extra rinsing forever and a day load to get all the puke chunks because I'm too tired and I just, that's what I did. And I do that and Rex is trying to fall asleep on the couch and I come back and Milo is just heaving and in the worst pain and I just do my best to help comfort him. But it's one of those things where there's nothing you can do to comfort your child because like he had the tummy bug and the norovirus has been going around up in Estes Park. And I just knew it. I was like, okay, he's going down. And poor guy, like he did puke the most like violent, awful, like blood, not blood, but like puke coming out of your nose and just like you could hear his like internal organs being squelched and squeezed and just poor guy he hasn't had the tummy bug in years and I just like the bowl it's like a medium-sized stainless steel mixing bowl is just filling up filling up like it's three-fourths of the way full I'm like holy shit I've got to get him to the bathroom and luckily no puke went anywhere on my new bedding. <laughs> Thank you. My new bedding is saved, <laughs> which it would have been fine. I would have taken care of it, but I didn't have to do that. And we get all the way to the bathroom and he just runs to the sink and just, bleh, just like chunky puke, just like pff, splashes in his face. And then I just like take him and turn him towards the toilet and I tell him to drop to his knees. And he's like, I can't. Bleh. But then he does. And then he pukes one more time. And then he says, I need a shower. I feel so much better, mama. And I turn on the hot water. Not super hot, but hot enough. And I help him get his clothes off. And poor guy just has puke all over his face. And he gets in there and he's like, I feel way better, mama. And I take the bowl and bleh, dump it in the potty hot, hot water, rinsing, dumping, rinsing, dumping, hand washing. There's puke chunks. So he's in the shower. I go get the cleaner. I'm like scrubbing the toilet. It's like freaking 1145 at night. I'm scrubbing the sink, trying to clean the sink. But this sink is like one of those old sinks that has already been having this backup problem with just like toothpaste water. So imagine like the nasty freaking chunky. We had hamburgers the night before with buns and all the things uh, and the stomach acids and just like filling up the sink. And luckily I remembered that we had one of those like really long orange spiky things. I don't even know what they're called, but it saved the day and I got to like shove it down the drain and pull it up and all the nasty stuff just was like, and poor guy, like I got everything cleaned up. I get Milo out and it's crazy because my 10 year old is big enough to wear my clothes and I didn't want to go back in his room. So I grab some of my pajamas and I put him in his cozies, my cozies, which fit him fine, which is crazy. And I get him in my bed, but I move like all of my blankets and my duvet over on my side and I go and sneak back in the room and I grab his blankets that were not puked on and pillows and I sneak back in my to my room and then just like line everything with like six towels just in case. Because if you know the tummy bug, like the puke comes and it, you don't know when it's coming and it just comes. And he, poor guy, he couldn't sleep, like just like excruciating stomach pain. And I tried to rub his belly. I tried to put like cold compress on his head. He hates it. He hates everything. He's just like, ah, mom. 
And then I finally get him somehow in like a supported child's pose with his knees really far open. And I try to bring his, you know, heels as close to his sit bones. I jam a pillow under his butt, two pillows under his chest, and he just sinks forward. And he like passed out for probably like 45 minutes. And then I was able to drift in and out, but in a way that I was like still on high alert of vomit. And then just once again, just, just horrible stomach aches for like two hours. Poor guy just in the most excruciating pain in his stomach and he couldn't go to the bathroom two hours of that. And then just the vomit comes fast and furious. And it was so much vomit and poor buddy just like throwing up. And uh, yes, so much. I didn't even realize I was going to share this whole story. I think I was talking about my week. It was like a blur that night because I think if I was lucky, like I think I got three, maybe four hours of sleep. And that was on Monday night. And it just like make the week so weird. And he just felt so sick. And I ended up taking my nephews back down the canyon because my sister didn't want her kids to be more exposed. It was actually two of my sister's kids and my other nephew's birthday is coming up. And then it was my husband's 40th birthday the next day. And Milo was just like in that hangover stomach ache mode. And my husband just woke up so fucking cranky. He has been so cranky lately. And I know that sometimes that people are projections of us. And this is one of those moments where I ask myself, am I projecting my crankiness on my husband? Because he has been in the worst mood and just like really stressed out with work lately. And he just turned 40 two days ago. And I think subconsciously in his mind, or even consciously, he has already convinced himself that his life is halfway over. Even though I'm here backing him up saying, your life is not halfway over. Your life is just beginning. Like he's very successful in his company. He loves mountain biking and climbing. And we live like seven minutes from the Rocky Mountain National Park. We have a beautiful home, three beautiful kids. Like we have a beautiful life. We have two amazing dogs. One of them runs away like a little stinker. But like we have such an amazing life and there's so much good and so much to be grateful for. And here is my cranky husband. And he's even been telling me that he feels really cranky lately. And so his birthday morning, he wakes up and I tell him happy birthday. And he just is like, ah, I had the worst fucking night sleep ever. Like join the club. We all did. We all got no sleep. It sucked. But I was reminded of how grateful I am that our kids are big because I'm not even shitting you. I don't think I slept through the night for like six straight years, maybe eight. I think Jack was my worst. He would wake up all the fucking time. And I was like dedicated to getting him out of my bed and having some of my own sleep space. So I would get up and nurse him like three or four times a night and then put him back in his crib until he was three. And he was even maybe four. It was, it was hard, but I did that. And this tummy bug night reminded me of how grateful I am for all of these restful nights of sleep for the years that I have had. And I send so much love and compassion and patience to the mamas that have newborn babies. And actually, one of my my baby sister just had her second baby. And I'm especially talking to her. And she also has an 18-month-old Her babies are just two tiny babies. And I know I have been there. And it it was just, it was one of those nights. And it's been one of those weeks. And now here I am 
And I'm showing up still, even though it's been just kind of like a weird week, right? My husband turning 40 and just honestly, he was in a horrible mood his whole birthday. And he worked and then he got off work at about 2.30 and he was so tired. He came home and he took a nap and then Milo took a four hour nap. And then, right, here's the mom. Like the house is a disaster. There's shit everywhere. And it's Rex's birthday. And I wanted to make it special. I got him some special gifts that I knew he would enjoy. And I really wanted to put up the birthday decorations that I fully intended on putting up first thing in the morning. But it just didn't happen. And so they're sleeping and I'm just like busting butt getting the house clean. And... He was just being a crank and I just had to, you know, let it go. All I can do is like shine my light and be kind and loving in moments. And then there's moments where I don't really have that light. And then the darkness comes out and I'm like a cranky back at him kind of person. But like, I don't know exactly what is going on inside of him subconsciously or even consciously about being a certain age. And that's something that like I'm getting ready to turn 39. So I have one more year left before 40. And I used to think 40 when I was young was so old. And now as I am approaching the big 4-0 and my husband is, it's just a number. And right, a number just like a label only holds the power that we allow it to. I think that Now, the older that I get, I have more wisdom. I have more insight. And I have just been more opening to living my life the way I want to open it. I want to live it. Because I think we've been fooled for so many years that we need to play this part and we need to do this, 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 this. But the bottom line is, is that this is our lives and it's up to us the way that we choose to live our days. Like I've been struggling with this with my husband a lot lately. He gets so wrapped up in the victim role and I've been working so fucking hard. Like I have detached from that side of myself and my husband's not always the victim but he grabs on to these old programmings. It's just like his paradigm. And if you don't know about paradigms, a paradigm is, it's everything that has led us up to here, all of our thoughts and our beliefs that we think about the world around us and who we are as people that has brought us here today. So most of us are born with these victim paradigms, these victim mindsets that, oh my gosh, feel bad for me, or woe is me, or in this case, something bad happens to us, and we blame everyone around us. And we say, I'm feeling this way because of the way I woke up. So in particular, my husband the other day got woken up this weekend. (laughs) This is the backtrack. He wanted to have sex in the morning and the kids were up and it was actually crazy. Milo was away on a sleepover and Milo or no, Junie and Jack were up and they were like fighting and Rex is like trying to have sex with me and I just can't get in the mood. Like I don't understand how he can, like I'm not going to have sex with you while the kids are freaking fighting. And then all of a sudden Junie starts bawling and crying and just like, and I knew something happened. And so like, I'm like, stop it. Like, let's stop right now. Like I've got to go get the kids. And I'm like, butt ass naked, which I always sleep naked anyways. So the kids, whatever, they know that adults have sex in our house and that that's what mom and dads do when the door is locked. And I go out and Junie is freaking bawling her eyes out. And I have to have a huge talk with her and Jack about not hitting and hurting each other, blah, blah, blah. And then Rex comes out just a tyrant. Like, I'm so angry. I got woken up. He didn't get woken up. That was the story he was saying to the kids. And you guys were fighting. He got mad because he didn't get to have his afternoon or not afternoon, weekend morning sex. And 
he got woken up and the kids were fighting. So he chose to use that as his excuse or scapegoat that led him into his morning of being just a cranky, cranky old man. And it was just progressively getting worse and worse. And this is one of those moments where I just kind of like stop myself because I'm going to just freak out on him. And I was just being quiet and he kept just like, it was like growing and growing and it was so freaking frustrating to me. And I finally said, you know what, Rex, this is exactly what I'm not teaching the kids to do, that you're blaming your mourning on the way you're acting and feeling. And then of course he says some, and then I just like, it was one of those moments where I just had to like, like I could feel the energy and the tension between us. And it was interesting because after I said that, he got kind of quiet. And it was just like, come fucking on. Like you can't let one experience control your whole day. I mean, you can, but it's going to ruin your day and make you more and more angry, more and more upset. And right This is a huge test from the universe for all of us. Like it happens to me too. And this is just one of those experiences where I noticed it happening to my husband and I saw it and it was like, what are you doing? Like you just, you're turning 40. Like this was this weekend before he turned 40. Like get a hold of yourself, man. Like be accountable for the way you're responding to people because we most of the time, like we react really quickly and we don't respond. And if you haven't listened, the last episode, I did a lot of talking on how we respond and react. And it was on the podcast about bringing our spiritual practice into our everyday lives. And that was a really good one that I put out a ton of that in there, which was good. So you you might want to listen to that after this. But It is so true. Like, so I think that our self-care practice, which I always like to tuck a bunch of them in these episodes, is being aware of ourselves and being aware of the way we're choosing to respond and react. Like, if you're having a bad day, notice the flow of the day. And I truly resonate with this is that the energy that we're putting out, the way we're thinking, we're talking, we're responding to people, our actions, we're putting that energy, that vibration out in a finite law of manifestation of the universe of quantum physics is it's what you put out comes back to you. So you're putting out that angry, yucky, low vibrational energy. That's going to keep rolling in and rolling in. And yeah, the morning sucked. Like you didn't get to have your morning sex or maybe you stubbed your toe or you ran out of your favorite coffee drink or you don't have the creamer that you wanted. You could choose. We can all choose to let that take us down. And then we get ready for the day and maybe our mascara's dried out. We're like, well, fuck. Our favorite shirt has a stain on it. And then we get in the car and we hit every red light. What if we even get into a fender bender? It's like all of this energy, we're just putting it out and it's going to keep rolling on back. And it's up to us to stop the cycle. In those moments where we're feeling so over engulfed in rage or overwhelm or anxiety or whatever emotion is tackling us pretty much to the ground. It's up to us. And this is where our self-care practices come in freaking huge. This is where we can choose to breathe no matter what. It can be a fiery like <sighs> dragony breath or one of those quick fire breaths where you quickly, slowly inhale the skull shining breath through the nose and out of the nose like this <laughs> fire, fire. What happens though when you feed fire with fire? It explodes. So, this could be a great opportunity to utilize like the Rei Chakra Pranayama, which is the exhalation breath. So, it's an organic inhale, and you can bring it right into the chest, the diaphragm, or down into the belly. Organic inhale. 
followed by a long, lengthened, audible exhale. And I find that that ha or ah sound or like you're just heating up like for like the glass on a on a cold day, like you're heating up your hands like that breath to me is very releasing. And so like, if you are in one of those yucky, yucky days or yucky moods, and everything is just feeling against you, I implore you, my beautiful friends, to take the reins, to take control of what's going on within you. Because, right, we don't always have control of what's going on around us or outside of us. But what we can take control of is ourselves in the way that we are acting. So if we're acting like a total shit, pretty much, which we all do it, I do it to my kids. And then I have to stop myself and be like, yuck, Shelly, this is gross. I don't want to be this kind of mom anymore. I have to stop myself. And then, right, like, I have to start again and choose again. And something I'm learning in my teacher training is, is karma. Like we all have karma in what we put out, everything, like all of the things. It's like this karmic ring. And when we keep getting the same scenarios or situations, even with different people over and over, it's like this ring and the karma just keeps coming back to us. And the karma is just giving us an opportunity, right, to shift the energy, to change the way we're responding, So if you can be mindful and aware of the moments where we're responding or reacting from a yucky place that we need to choose again, we need to rise above to our highest self. We need to almost look down at ourselves and be like, okay, you can do better than this. Like this is not you. This is not for your highest good. This is not helping anyone. And a few years ago, I think it was actually last year, I read the Book of Joy by the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu, and it was narrated by some gentleman. And it was interesting because, right, the Dalai Lama's beliefs, and then the Prime Minister, I think, not the Prime Minister, the, yeah, Desmond Tutu, he, I think is like Catholic beliefs or Christian beliefs. And then the narrator was Jewish. And so all of these different beliefs and this whole book was about joy and finding joy and compassion. And it was so interesting. This question that's really been still sticking with me is, is will this matter to me in five years? Or what will this mean to me or look like in 10 years, in 20 years. And if this experience is something that's going to stick with me that far down the road, then maybe I need to come from a more grounded or a more rooted or a more aligned perspective, right? And maybe if the answer is that this thing won't matter, like my husband getting all angry and then me fighting with him, like that is not going to freaking matter in five years. Like in that situation, need to just like, let it go and and choose that freaking again. Because it's like the way the world has been unfolding and crumbling, right? Since the pandemic, and the world has shifted, and we have all shifted and changed so much. Like, we are not the same people today here in May of 2022 that we were in May of 2019. We have changed a lot. I feel like the pandemic has given us this ability to reflect on our lives and to slow it down, right? And I know a lot of us are back kind of like hitting it up hard now because things are feeling like they're semi quote unquote, normalizing. But it's up to us, right? To like ride this wave, to like be the noticers of ourselves, to be freaking a conscious human 
who is aware of ourselves and our surroundings, who is aware of our relationships. And when we can choose, right, to react, to respond, or to just notice things, that maybe we can be open to breaking these karmic circles, breaking perhaps our old karmic debt from maybe even like lifetimes ago with sometimes certain souls. Like I know my husband and I have this like karmic debt from many lives. I can just, it's almost like I can't even describe it, but I can feel this energy, this push and pull between us. And it's so funny because for like two weeks, my husband and I were being like best friends. And I was like, I love you so much. I want to hang out with you every day. And then right here we are. And it's like, what the fuck? Like here, Mr. Cranky Pants. And I feel like I'm being so tested. And it's so crazy because I have been with my husband for 20 years. And I'm 38, almost 39. So legitimately half of my life, I have been with this man. I have grown up with him. We have learned what it means to actually get married and be husband and wife, which all of us do that. And we've learned how to grow up and be adults, which is crazy. And I know though, that we have so much karmic debt, so much karmic energy that we need to heal. And I know we've healed so much of it. Like I can feel those moments where I can break that loop. And it's like this energy, instead of spiraling around and around, it's like starting to push up and create a spiral. And we're creating new energies and we're creating new experiences by doing these things. So I just invite you to maybe even pay attention to like your closest people that right might even be your spouse or your kids or parents that notice like that push and pull or like those really hard, difficult relationships that you have or moments or conversations and knowing that those really difficult times, they really are here to help us grow. And I just encourage you also that instead of hiding from the hard talks and the things that we've got a freaking advocate for ourselves, for our kids, we have to make these healthy boundaries because that's the only way we're going to heal through these relationships, right? And this is our lives and we have to choose the path that we're taking. And if we're in really unhealthy relationships, even with our closest people, it's hurting us. It's like crushing our souls down. And I really do believe that the universe will continue to keep bringing the same experience over and over. Like even with my husband, we keep having the same experiences, but in different ways. It's like over and over and over. And I've noticed the way that I'm responding, I'm like shifting it. It's like slightly, I'm, I am being the awake, mindful one, the one who can notice. And, you know, my husband is, he's in his own way doing his most awake, most mindful version of responding and reacting to situations. And yeah, like this is just one of those opportunities where we can be mindful and being aware to help us heal, like healing on deeper levels, like on soul connective levels, because we really do all have our soul clan, right? Like everyone has heard it. Like I've married my soulmate and I really have like so many soul sisters that I just know these women are like my women. They are like my my soul people, right? How else do you describe when you meet someone and you just, it's like that spark, you know, like you love them instantly. And it's that, like we have these soul people. And I really believe that our spouses, our husbands or wives, they're not supposed to be filling every single role in our lives. Like we have such this false perception 
that our spouse or partner is supposed to be like our knight in shining armor or our queen of the castle, our care provider, our our spiritual guru, like everything, like all of those things. And they honestly, they cannot fill all of those roles. And the longer I've been married, the more I realize this, that my husband, he does fill like certain spaces in my heart, but I have my soul sisters and my sisters for other things like my soul tribe, soul women, like those are my spiritual connective women. And like my husband, we have a soul connection, but it's in a different way. Like my soul sisters, like we get together, we practice yoga and energy work and we journal and we do creative things and we express ourselves on a heart level. And these women that I do this stuff with, there's no drinking involved, which is so funny that I even say that because years ago, I could never have a friend or a relationship with anyone where we didn't just sit around and drink wine. And it's really like relieving to me to be able to spend time with women and be vulnerable and not have to like put up a shield or a mask of whatever, if it's alcohol or smoking or whatever it is that I can just be authentic and raw and vulnerable with these women. It's pretty amazing. And I know sometimes like when I was stuck with I wasn't stuck, but I felt stuck with like really little, little kids. And the only thing I could do to escape was maybe go to work or I would go with my sisters who had other little kids. And the thought of leaving them and then going to do things on my own was really few and far away. And I'm trying to think of, it's been probably five years since I have been doing women's circles. In the first women's circle I ever did, my husband almost like fought it. And I think that maybe one of the kids had a cold that night. It was one night a week. or No, it was freaking one night a month for like three hours. And I think Rex was like, oh, I guess you better cancel your meeting. And I was like, no, you're going to be at home with the kids and it's going to be fine. And you're going to put them to bed for the first time in forever. And I'm pretty sure for that first year, he would text me and like try to get me to come home. But then after a year, it was just uh, like, this is what I'm doing and you're going to make it work with the kids. And I had to put up that boundary with him because like we've been married forever and had 12, 12 kids. We've only had three kids, but we've been having kids for 12 and a half years. And I have been like the 90% mama. Like I do all the things like I am that's just my personality. I am a very like take control of the kids and it works for us. So it's hard for my husband to like take the reins and do that stuff. But like I created the freaking boundary and here we are five years later. And now when it comes up, it's just like, oh yeah, that's my women's circle. And now they're like four to five hours once a month. And it's just, it's just what I do. And I think as women, we have to take time for ourselves, especially, especially the stay at home mamas, especially the working mamas, like we have to take time. And something I've really realized, like I see it in my sisters and my soul sisters, and even just women that I know that we have to have something for ourselves like something that we freaking love that lights us up for us. That's not for anyone else. And sometimes if we like when the stars align and the universe is calling, it's like something that we can actually make a living doing. We can make an abundance of money when we answer the calling. But sometimes it's just like getting out of the house alone and like, going for a freaking walk with no kids, no husband, no wife, no partner, no dogs. Like even 
I find myself when my husband and I are going for our date hikes, we're still taking the dogs and taking care of the dogs. It's like, no, we need to take time like separate and alone and away from them. And I have most of my life been like an introvert, but I do love like connecting. I do love connecting with women in like smaller settings, but even I mean, up to like 20 to 30 people, like I can jam that out. Like I would, I love that. And I notice in myself when I don't take time to have time to myself or to go connect and do like my women's circles, I feel so overwhelmed. I feel overworked. And we were tapping into this lesson I was talking about in my teacher training about being aligned. And these were really good questions that we explored was like, what does it feel like when I'm feeling aligned in my mind and my body and my spirit? And to me, my alignment feels good. It's like everything is flowing and I'm at ease. And it's just like, it's like effortless. It's like breathing. It's in and out. It's fluid. And then another question was, what does it, yeah, what does it feel like when I'm aligned? That's what it feels like. And then what does it feel like when I'm not aligned? And if I could think of an experience where I know that I wasn't aligned, right? Mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, like just giving yourself permission to ask yourself, like, what does that alignment or balance or whatever resonate? Like, does it feel like, and I know for me, it's like these moments, these testing trials and tribulations with my kids pushing my every button. Like the older my kids get, they are freaking sassy and they're talking back to me and just like, it is freaking hard, hard. It's hard in a different way than it was to have tiny, tiny babies because now they're big and they're independent, yet they're needy. And they say the most hurtful things to me and to each other. And then the freaking messes, like you would think that they would really have it down packed that they need to like do their chores. And like my expectations might be high for some, but I have freaking three kids in a 32, 3300 square foot house. Like it is a lot of work. And I do all of my my work stuff. And now we're on freaking summer break, which is freaking awesome. This is the, is this the first week? Yeah, I think, no, this is the second week. I can't even remember. No, this is our first week of summer break. And like I've told my kids, this is what you do in the mornings. They know this. They've done it all year. You make your bed. You clean your room. You bring your water drink down. You go pee. Yeah, right. Do those things. Brush your teeth. They have to empty the dishwasher. And in the summer, we're still sticking with, they're doing their gratefuls. They write, I am grateful for 11 times and fill in the blank. And then 20 minutes of reading which, right, if they really like packed that all down, like maybe that would take 40 minutes of their day. But it's like 10 o'clock in the morning and no one has done anything. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I freak out and I'm not in alignment. Like I know I'm not. I'm like freaking out because I know I have like mala orders to fill and I need to come podcast and I I have things to do and I need to take my yoga teacher training course. And here is the kitchen just like filled with dirty dishes. The beds are not made and then I have to turn into a tyrant. And so these are the moments where I'm noticing when I'm feeling off alignment and I'm trying to be grounded and like come back to my center. And I, I don't like start hollering at my kids right away. Like I, I speak from like a grounded perspective. Like they're not tiny babies anymore. I talk to them like, come on, get your stuff done. And then you'll have the whole day to yourself. And then it's like, if you have kids, you will know this, that you can only say the same thing so many times before it just like fucking blows up. It's like 12 times for real, Milo, you're 10 years old. Ah, and then I have to come back and I'm grateful because today he's feeling healthy. 
And when he was sick and had that tummy bug, you guys, he was so sweet to me. Like there was one time where he snapped at me because he didn't want me to put the puke bucket by him. He was traumatized. But then he was like, oh, mama, like being so sweet and cuddly. And then I'm like, okay, I have to exhale. I know. I remember being those ages and thinking I knew everything and that my mom was a total dodo. And I I know it's just like a developmental thing, but it also just like makes my heart so freaking sad. And I just have to be with it. Like this is where I am. And I think of it and Junie is freaking 12 and my baby Jack is eight. And he's not even a baby. He's eight. And my husband just turned 40. I'm like, holy shit. Where have the time gone? Like, where did it go? Like, blink. People say that. Blink and your kids will be grown up. And I've always thought that was so superficial and ridiculous. But really here in the present moment, oh my gosh, like, it's so true. Like, blink. Bigger, bigger. Like, Junie has boobs and pubic hair and armpit hair. And I just know her period is just coming. And I'm like, what? How did I get old enough myself to have a daughter that is like, she's pretty much almost a teenager. I think nowadays it's called a tween and it's wacky. There's so many things, so many stories, but my beautiful sisters, I'm just grateful to be here and holding space for you and right. Bringing our awareness to like, what can our self-care practice be from this? So from this podcast and all of my things and everything that I've been experiencing for myself, my, right, mine is my awareness and the way that I'm responding and reacting, right? My karma with other people. And I'm noticing and I'm choosing when I am aware, I'm choosing again, I'm choosing to respond differently. So that's for me. Those are that's my like self care practice. This is something in my relationships. And maybe I encourage you, my beautiful sisters, that in your relationships, if you notice some weird tension or energy, you know what I'm talking about with like your closest people, even if it's your kids or your hubby or your wife or your parents, like what is that energy and what is it that you can do? Like what communication do you need to do differently to help heal to start healing that karmic debt, to start healing your relationship with that person. And know, my lovelies, that healing is not like the end point, like many of us, I think, are fooled into believing that healing is our journey. And it is a freaking lifelong journey. And no matter what's happening around you, like this whole path has been your journey. And healing is like these mindful aware moments, these moments of stillness, these moments of allowing ourselves freaking permission to cry and to feel pain. Like I have really been opening and allowing myself to be emotional because I am like a very strong woman and I hold it all in and even I'll find myself like trying to tear up and I'll stuff back my tears and I'm like, no, Shelly, just fucking let it out because one of the, not one of the only ways, but one of the many ways of healing pain is to feel the pain. And please, if you have not picked up a copy yet, my lovely book, Awaken You from Pain to Healing, a woman's way of waking up to her life. It's like my guide, my memoir. It is such a freaking good book that I poured my heart and soul in. And it has many amazing stories of my shit that are scary and vulnerable to share. And then I round out with my self-care practices and what I've learned and how it's taught me grow and how I can transmute that for you to help you grow and heal. And you can find that on Amazon and just in the search engine on Amazon, type in Awaken You 
Shelley Bond, and it's B-O-N-D, yes, like James Bond. And yes, my second son's middle name is James. That's because my dad's name is James. So it's not because I love James Bond so much, even though pretty cool character, pretty badass. So I'm grateful for you, my friends, and please head over to iTunes. iTunes, can I speak? Yes, I'm excited. iTunes and leave Awaken You with Shelly Bond, a five-star rating and a review, please. This means the universe to me, and it just helps me get heard on a broader platform because my dream, my goal, my vision is to be sharing this with women all over the world, so spider webbing. And please share this with anyone who you feel needs this message. I love you. I'm grateful for you. And know my beautiful sisters that you are so fucking worthy, that you are good enough. And no matter what's happening and what's testing you and where you are, that you are good enough, that you are pretty enough, that your body is the right size, that you are freaking smart enough to do whatever it is that you wanted to do, that you want to do, that A lot of the time, it's those self-hindering thoughts that are holding us back. And I just encourage you to know that the thoughts that you are thinking can help guide you, right, towards being a better, brighter light in this world. In something as simple as saying, I am grateful to be alive and grateful for this breath. Gratitude can shift so much for us. I freaking love you and my heart is just sending you so much love and so much healing and I am grateful to be here on this journey and know my sisters. I'm here holding space for you. I'm here holding space for the healing of the collective of women and girls of this generation of the past, the present and the future. I love you and I will be back here next week hanging out with you. Goodbye until then.